0: Y'all stand with us if you can this morning. Isn't it wonderful? I want to tell you something just cute. Not real spiritual, but really cute. And then I want to talk to you for just a quick moment in starting this morning. So yesterday, Kelly got up and made us, oh guys, um, biscuits and uh, country eggs and bacon and cheese. And it was just wonderful, but you know when you create a good meal there's a good mess that goes with it so when it's done I said okay now everybody the next thirty minutes we're just so grateful for breakfast the next thirty minutes we're just gonna clean up this whole main floor for mama we're gonna vacuum and do everything and I started to walk off and Olivia said we should have let him stay in the bed <laughs> anybody else got homes like that we should have let that guy sleep these are the best days of your life. Though difficult and though long, there's God in every season. I want to give you this one thought and I want to pray for us this morning and if the Lord allows, hey buddy, hey buddy, hey dad, if the Lord allows next week, if he tarries, I want to spend just a few moments and don't forget Christmas Eve service is 30 minutes, Christmas Day service the same, but Christ made it so that he could be found. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem all of us who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and to make sure that the shepherds could find him and to make sure that the wise men could find him. God set a star in the heavens to point the way. And I don't care how wonderful your season, how plateau your season, or how dark your season. If you will look, God will make sure that you find Him in this coming week if He tarries. I have found Him in my sadness. I have found Him in confusion. I have found Him in loss. I have found Him in incredible joy and blessings. But He will make sure that you find Him Isn't that a wonderful thought? Would you join me this morning as we just prepare our hearts? Father, it's with joy that we meet with you today. It's with with joy that we come before your presence with singing. You didn't have to come after us, but you did. You didn't have to die for us to redeem us, but you did. And how faithful are you? How faithful are you, O Lord? May I say it on behalf of this church, God? You are trustworthy, you are good, you are kind. And I woke up this morning and I had the thought, this morning when I opened my eyes, your mercies are waiting on me. They're brand new. Every morning, mercy for our failures, mercy for our weaknesses. Mercy, mercy, that's who you are. And so today, Lord, as we sing from all different places, the broken, the good, and the exuberant, May our voices create a harmony that touches your heart as we give you praise. Because you, we know this, you are worthy of our praise this morning. So be blessed by that, I pray, Father. And one more thing, Lord. Merry Christmas. More of Christ to you, O oh God. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning?
1: You guys know this song. I want to hear you singing with us. It's Joy to the World, okay? We did it just a couple of weeks ago.
2: Joy.
3: Share. Um, I, I think I shared this with our team the last time we did this song. Something that my husband shared with me that kind of changed the way I looked at where we hear the joy of the Lord is my strength. I was, I was like, that's right, the Lord gives you joy and you can get through any situation. And that is true. But, you know, you know y'all know, you know that uh, my husband, Zach, is blind. And he said, no, the way that I, he said, for me, the way that I interpret this situation is I want to bring the Lord, joy. I want to bring Him glory. So for me, He said, for me in my situation of going blind and walking blind, I find the strength to do it because I just want to. I want to give. I want to bring joy to the Lord. I want to give Him glory, and I was like, oh my gosh, like what a way to take the attention off of ourselves and put it on Jesus, which is what we're supposed to do anyway. So, I don't know, I just wanted to share that maybe. So, for me now, anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh, wait, what What can I do in whatever situation I'm walking through? You know, Christmas can be hard for people. It's a fun time, and it's exciting, and it's sweet, And um, but, for, but for a lot of people, it can be very lonely, um, and it can be hard, and I think That if we just remember, Lord, when I'm walking through this, I just want to bring you glory and honor. And we also remember that we don't walk through anything alone. So you're not alone, even if it feels lonely sometimes at Christmas. Um, Everything that we need is through Jesus. Our salvation comes through Jesus. He's the door. He's the gateway to salvation. But with that comes everything else that we need. If you need rest, it comes from Jesus. If you need peace, it comes from Jesus. If you need joy, it comes from Jesus. So today... Every song we're going to do is lifting up the name of Jesus because that's what we're here for, right? We're going to just lift
1: up his name. You know, He didn't stay in the cradle. He didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. He's in heaven reigning, and he wants to reign in our life. Yeah. We're going to speak the name of Jesus this morning over your situation, over your family, over your life. Over whatever you're walking through Whether it's good or bad We're just going to speak the name of Jesus over that I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every heart Because I know there is peace within your presence, I speak, Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus, till every dark addiction starts to break. Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. I know there is peace within his presence I speak Jesus
0: I believe the Lord wants to do um, something real unique in this moment. If this is a really hard season for you, I want you just to come and stand here at the front. It won't take but a moment. And we don't have to know the what or the why. It could be physical. It could be relational. And not every Christmas is. But there are some that you could say if someone knew, if anyone knew. Now, very quickly, if you're good, say, John, I'm good. This is a, a good time for me. I want you to come find a girl with a girl. Would y'all just spread out in the altar? Would y'all spread out this way? I want you to come and pick a person and stand beside them. It doesn't matter if there's more than one. Come on. And we're going to say a simple prayer, but some of you are going to receive because you're, these people in the altar, I want you look this way. You know the Word of God, right? Y'all know the Word, right? All right, listen to this. The Bible said that in the body of Christ, every joint supplieth to the other joints. Like sending me and you connected for many years now. Okay, so that means the substance, the sap, the power, the blood that flows from me goes to you. Now stay with me. Jesus said, who touched me? They said, what do you mean, who touched you? There's all these people who said, no, somebody touched me with faith. I felt virtue go out of me. I depleted, and they increased. Simon said, silver and gold I don't have quite, but what I have, I have the capacity to give to you. Now listen, we're going to ask the Lord to take out of us today and give to you. The joy that we might have, the strength we might have, the the faith we might have, the health we might have. My buddy Mike is here today. I'm not going to point him out to you, but my, this is going to make sense to you. We're going to pray a simple prayer. My gator, I meant my new mule. Uh, cow circuit mule was just dead, dead as a hammer. It wouldn't start. So I go and do my little battery thing and put it on, and it kind of laughed at me. It goes, Mike said, "Hey John, let me go get the Lincoln." And he comes up in this car. And you know, cars aren't really designed to jump off gators or mules. He said, What's this? And he hit that thing and he said, And it you know, start up, it cranked up. So what Mike said is, Let me give what I got to that thing, watch, that won't start. When you get an IV, last thing in the altar, the Lord just dropped this in my heart, all of it sitting there. Any of you ever got an IV? You don't feel it when they put it in. But a few minutes later, you go, when a I? I was dehydrated a minute ago. I'm believing that you're going to be able to say with integrity as this week goes on, I'm better. So I, I, I still got the, stu- the issue. But I received from the Lord on the 18th of December strength and faith and joy and, and whatever I was missing. So saints, you don't have to do it loud, but just sincere. Say, Lord, whatever I have, would you give to them? And pray for them right now. Saints praying all over this building, would you? In the name of Jesus, Lord, I give them strength. Today. I give them hope today. Lord. Lord, I pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit today for them. That feeling of I'm alone and they're not alone. Lord, in their sadness, let them feel something in them. Say, I'm better than I was yesterday. May the joints supply one to another today. Take from us, Lord, I'm asking you. Take from me and give to my friend today. Give to those in the altar today, Lord. Be increased in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lance, would you and Stephen come stand with this couple, please? Just pray for them. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Those in the altar want to look this way before we continue with our service. The last time I can remember getting an IV, I was so dehydrated. I had to ride in an ambulance. I've never ridden but once. I didn't remember getting to the hospital and they, they put these IVs in. There were two or three and I didn't know nothing. I couldn't tell really anything. I couldn't tell anything. And it was about 30, 45 minutes. I don't remember the exact time. I'm like, I sure feel better. It wasn't a miracle. Watch, it was just what I needed. And this morning, I believe the Lord has deposited. Now, give us some time. You may have to wait till after Burger King. You may have to, but you go, God, we used to sing in the church, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know that it was the Lord that touched me this morning. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Y'all can go back in your seats. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, church family, would you take just a quick minute and greet one another on your row? Tell them he is king today. Tell them.
4: I'm going to make a wish this Christmas.
5: All right, guys, if you'll go ahead and make your way back to your seats, we'll go ahead and get started this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, guys. My name is Kelly, and on behalf of my husband John and the rest of our staff, we want to say good morning and welcome. We've got a packed house today because these are one of the couple of Sundays during the year where we actually don't have our children's ministry so we've got our families with us so we want to plan for time accordingly so we're going to skip a couple things (laughs) so um, guys if you are a first-time visitor with us though we are so glad that you're here whether you came and decided to visit after uh, coming to the Ebenezer experience this past week or if a friend invited you or if you just found us on the internet or were driving by and just decided it was time to come to Christ Chapel we're so glad that you're here and if you are a first-time visitor and we didn't catch you on your way into the church today, do me a huge favor and please stop by that uh, greeters table as you exit the building. We just would love to know that you're here. We won't track you down unless you want us to. And um, anyway, we're just glad you're here and would love to serve you. Um, before we are not going to play an announcement video today, um, we are going to conclude this part of our service by giving our tithes and offerings. And We have got a baskets here up front and while the music plays I just want you to take an opportunity we don't want to do things by rote or by habit we want to do things unto the Lord intentionally don't we and so I want you guys even if it's just a small pause in your hearts before you come you know this is committing your giving unto the Lord it's not to Christ Chapel it's not to anybody at this church, but it's something that you worked for that's a gift unto him. So just take a moment to commit that to him in your hearts and place it in the baskets, and um, then we will have our preached word.
6: To be thankful for, it's Christmas.
7: Good morning, church family. I would say the presence of the Lord is here today. And uh, if you missed it because you're not sitting up front, I just want to encourage you that when the Pastor John asked if anybody was going through a hard time, I think I was the first person in the altar. So um, the preached word is coming from somebody that's in a rough season this morning. So if you find yourself there, be encouraged. It, it happens to all of us, regardless of what we do in life. We walk through... Uh, tough seasons, times when we can't make it, but we're plugged into the one who can. So before we get started this morning, I would like to take a moment and pray for myself. If you would pray for me during this time also, I would appreciate it. Father God, I just surrender myself to you this morning. Uh, I pray for anointing of your spirit. That you would give me clarity of my thoughts. I would present the word you have today. I know that in my own strength, I can't do anything profitable for your kingdom. But I know with the anointing of your spirit, I can bring forth clarity with an unction of heaven. I can bring forth your word to the people. So I ask that you anoint me, that you'll use me despite myself, that you'll prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us today. In your name I pray, amen. This past week has been a long year, (laughs) but I made it here this morning by the grace and mercy of God, so I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord, to be with those of like precious faith, to be in the strong tower that he invites us to run into, that is him as he brings us unto himself. The sermon today is titled, With Two Questions which is gonna sound strange. Just hang in there with me for a minute. The first question is, do I? The second question is, will I? And these are points, these questions will address each point in the sermon. So it's gonna make more sense as we move forward. And uh, these questions have been on my mind all week with regard to these points as this word began to stir in me I had no idea this week how much I needed this sermon in my own life and I've had these questions playing over in my mind all week do I and will I do I really will I really I'm gonna give you the points now but we'll cover them again later so if you're taking notes and you don't get them all it's okay do I believe will I believe in Jesus. Do I want Jesus? Will I want Jesus? Do I follow Jesus? Will I follow Jesus? Now where these questions find their difference when it goes from do I to will I is when the answer when you answer do I yes and then it becomes problematic in your life. Will I continue to? That, that's where those chess questions change. Do I? Yeah, because it's easy right now. But then the storm comes and the night is dark and will I? Because right now it's problematic. And it was easy to do it on the mountaintop. It was easy to do it in the daylight. It was easy to do it when everything was going my way. But right now, I can't. And will I continue? Last week, Pastor John preached about the pursuit and worship of Christ, and a few things that really stuck out to me is when he covered the point that pursuing and worshiping Christ can become problematic in your life. If I worship Christ as king, the world is going to know it. If I do it authentic and genuinely, and my life bears fruit, the world is going to know it, but in the world hates Christ, and that's going to create a problem for you. If I truly pursue him, I'll be wonderfully exhausted. Sometimes you're not so wonderfully exhausted. Sometimes you're just plain old dirt exhausted, tired, like ugly exhausted. The greatest things that I'll ever do for God and for his kingdom are on the other side of comfort. It's almost like he should have said, if you want to follow me, deny your flesh, pick up your cross and follow me it's like jesus should have told us that that to do great things for him to follow him to pursue him to put him at the center of our life is going to be uncomfortable and that becomes problematic when it accumulates to the point that you have nothing left when you're completely sapped out when your strength is gone and you have to stand on those things you said yes i do believe so will you will you continue I'm going to tell you, honestly, I feel like Elijah this week, and not the strong, there will be no rain, there will be rain, fire from heaven, Elijah. I feel like the, I'm, I, I need, I'm, I'm running away from Jezebel because she just made an idle threat, Elijah. I feel like a failure. I feel exhausted. But God has brought me under the shade tree that is his house today, and here I am re- here I am strengthened here believers gather around and impart to me a gift that encourages my faith and my strength and I continue to walk with him I've been uncomfortable this past week Now, not all the weariness comes from serving God but serving God when the world is wearing you out is not fun has anybody ever told you that before sometimes When you're serving God, you don't feel like it. Ebenezer experience, great thing. Did I want to come Wednesday night? Absolutely not. When I made it home and had the five minutes to shower, drink a cup of coffee, and hop back in the car, I messed up and sat on the couch, and I was like, maybe they won't notice if I'm not there. It was a wonderful thing. And being here, being on staff, greeting people, sharing in that is a wonderful God-honoring thing. But I didn't feel like doing it saturday when i was completely shot out and this sermon has been stirring in my head but i haven't had time to put anything on paper i did not feel like walking into an office shutting the door and spending the next seven hours preparing a sermon so there's going to be times when you are called to honor god with your life and you're not going to feel like it so you go back to that well i answered the do i with yes and now i'm faced with a will i so what's, what am I going to do here? Am I going to walk in confidence and belief that he is who he says he is? Or do I just believe? Did I just believe? Do I just walk with him when it's comfortable for me? If you've been sold on the bill of goods that your salvation is represented by health, wellness, and abundance here on earth, you have been sold a lie, believer. He invited us to deny our flesh, pick up our cross, and follow him. We are to store our treasures in heaven. Our hope is not here in this world. Sometimes we're going to be wonderfully exhausted. Sometimes we're going to do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we're going to be ugly exhausted. But are we going to stand on faith, believing in his promises, and continuing to walk with him through all seasons? Will I? Turn this morning in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Verse 16. I'm going to read this passage, and then I'm going to basically introduce this sermon. We're going to do a part two. Is that okay with everybody? Because I know we got about 17 minutes before children start swinging from lights. So we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to introduce the material. And then Lord willing, if he tarries, we're going to come back to this subject and these points and expound on it a little bit next year that's all right so Luke chapter 4 starting in verse 16 and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his custom he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus reads this right out of the scripture. Then he rolls up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's a bold statement for anybody out there that would tell you jesus is not the messiah but he's a good teacher that's a lie because this right here he made claim that he was the messiah so either he's a heretic or he's the messiah he's not a good do away with that he's a good teacher but not christ nonsense he drew a very definitive line in the sand he said i am the fulfillment believe me or reject him but don't patronize him saying he's a great teacher but not the fulfillment that's nonsense and biblical inerrancy and illiteracy manifest among people that would make the gospel more palatable for the world not for the honor and glory of God and all spoke well of him they marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth and then they flipped on a dime crazy how the world will do that they'll love you one minute and then like talk junk the next It happens in the church too, sheep bite. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? As if, say, isn't this the dude that was like, you know, playing with a stick and a rock out in the street? Wasn't his dad the carpenter? Aren't his sisters here among us? Doesn't he have brothers that walk around here? This is just Jesus. Are we to believe that he's the fulfillment? And he said to them, doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. In other words, we don't believe you prove it. I'm from the show me state, Jesus. you am gonna come in here and say you're the Messiah, you're gonna have to prove it. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and a great famine came over all the world. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. Meaning, God doesn't have to sit here and do a circus show to prove himself to you. It's a position of your heart. When you hear it, you will be quickened, and you'll believe it or you won't. I'm not here to perform for you. He said, and Elijah was sent, um, excuse me, verse 27 And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. So you demand something from me, a sign, but I'm telling you, I'm the fulfillment, the prophecy's fulfilled in your ears. What what are you going to do? Are you going to accept that or reject that? Are you going to believe Jesus? Do you want Jesus? Are you going to follow Jesus? When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. They're mad they reject Jesus. They rose up and drove him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. So it's time to kill Jesus. Let's dispense with this. But passing through their midst, he went away. I'd say that's a pretty incredible miracle. He didn't do it to uh, increase his pedigree or show them something awesome, but he's like, my time has not yet come. If you notice, there's a lot of when the fullness of time had come. That's when God moves, and we can't hurry him. I want to tell you a few things about this passage. This passage takes place at the beginning of Christ's ministry on earth. He had just been baptized. The Holy Spirit had come upon him. He went into the wilderness and was tempted. Now he's in the Galilean area. He's teaching in synagogues, and he comes to his hometown in, in Nazareth. And those that remember Jesus being raised in that area, they reject the claim that Jesus could be the fulfillment of messianic prophecy. Now, as we celebrate Christmas during this season, we reflect on Christ's arrival to this world. We remember the prophecies that were fulfilled throughout his life. We're thankful that he finished the work, that he fulfilled the law, that He has restored us to right standing before God, that he has imparted his righteousness to us. But what do all those truths mean? means we're faced with these questions, do I believe Jesus, do I want Jesus, do I follow Jesus? And when it becomes problematic in my life, will I continue to believe Jesus? Will I continue to want Jesus? And will I continue to follow Jesus? So point number one is believe. Do I believe and will I believe? Those in the synagogue did not believe Jesus they rejected him as the fulfillment of scripture do you believe do I believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies I'm not talking about an academic belief I'm not talking about a mental ascension ascension saying yeah I, I, I agree that that happened I'm not talking about following secular history and saying yes Jesus is clearly a part of the historical timeline as recorded by extra biblical and secular sources I'm saying do I believe do I believe that 2,000 years ago there were magi that followed a star in search of a savior do I believe that 2,000 years ago there were shepherds on a hillside that saw the angel of the Lord appear before them and say to them fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord christ is not jesus's last name it's the greek of messiah anointed one anointed one the anointed one of god is here and this will be a sign for you you'll find the baby he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger do i believe that that happened Do I believe that when Christ said on the cross, it is finished, that it was actually finished? Do I really believe that? Do I believe that there's nothing I can add to that, that I can't earn my salvation, that I don't get to add to the process of my salvation that it is a free gift from god that is given to me through christ jesus and it is not the result of works, so that no man can boast but all of us if we would be a whosoever that calls upon the name of the lord shall receive his salvation do i believe that do i believe that the righteousness of christ is imparted to me because of Christ's finished work. Now that makes you tremble. To read in scripture that when God sees you, he doesn't see all the things that you would see of yourself, but he sees the righteousness of Christ. Do I believe that? Because if I believe that, that's gonna change the way I behave. And as I pursue and worship God openly in a world that hates him, I'm going to be faced with problems. It's going to become problematic. I'm going to be rejected, ostracized. We have it easy right now in the West. But I feel like it is a time that has been allowed us so that we can prepare. Prepare, believer. Do I believe that now, beloved, right now, we are the sons and daughters of God? Is that scripture? cruise through first john i won't even give you a chapter it's only like five chapters long you can read it pretty quick you'll come across it if you're not in your word let me encourage you to be there be in your word it is your sword It is an offensive weapon it is a defensive weapon it is the thing that keeps your mind stable in the midst of the storm it is god's self-revelation that we have to walk in relationship with him and know him better be in your word Don't come here twice a week thinking I'm a great believer because I put a check in a box and I've dedicated 103 hours a year to God. Go me. You'll do more than that a month for your job, for temporal things that will be consumed by fire. Where are our priorities? Do we believe? Do I believe that Christ is coming back for his church? Yeah. Yeah, I do that there will be a trump that goes off and those that died in Christ will rise first and if I'm living, I'm going after that to meet him in the air and so with him shall I ever be and with the power that he brings this entire world under his authority he is going to do away with this weak immortal body and give me a glorified one like his and with him I shall ever be and the resplendent glory of the king where his radiant glory is so great there will be no need for a son do I believe that? And if I believe that, will I continue to believe that when it looks different than I thought? Because the struggle wasn't that somebody showed up and red that passage and said it's been fulfilled in your ears today the struggle was it looked different than what they expected the struggle was it was the carpenter's son the struggle was that it wasn't a conquering king coming back to liberate israel and reinstate them as a geopolitical power figure and bring rome under their rule that was the problem that was the offense and that was the issue they said i will not believe so when it looks different than what you expect will you believe That's what I'm really getting at here when it becomes problematic. Not just the, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Yes, I believe. I believe everything in the inerrant, infallible, held together book that God has given to reveal himself to me. Every letter, every jot and tittle, I believe, I stand, I hold, I espouse, I proclaim that. I believe. But that doesn't mean it's gonna be easy because this past week was not easy. There was a time where the back shock of the glass on my camper top popped off and I thought I was gonna lose my mind. I was losing my sanctification, my consecration, all that. I'm about to cuss out a shock on the back because it done popped off for the 173rd time this week. Brand new, I rolled up to O'Reilly's. I was like, y'all gotta do something, bro. I'm about to, my brain veins popping out over here. I'm about to have a stroke over a $16 shock. And then in the back of my mind, do I believe? Will I believe? Do I want Jesus? Will I want Jesus? There's been these instances, these things sprinkled all throughout my week. And then I find myself preaching my own sermon to myself. And I have to come to the conclusion that I do believe and I'm going to keep believing, even in the dark, when his word is just a light that only guides my path. When I don't get to see the whole runway, when I have to stand... And having done all else, just stand. I'm going to continue to believe in Jesus. Count the cost. Will I believe when my retirement plan vaporizes? Am I going to believe when the dollar is not where I can't? You know, ten thousand bucks. Here's your piece of bread. Will I believe when the doctor's report is bad? Will I believe when the battle rages on in my mind day after day and night after night and I'm exhausted and I'm like, where are you, God? Because this is not what I expected. Will I believe? You have to ask yourself these questions because if you haven't walked through a dark night in your soul, it's coming unless the Lord comes back or you fall over. You walk with him. It's coming. And if you have not, this information has not been shared with you. Now, I'm sorry to be so blunt about it, but, you know, sometimes you just got to tear Band-Aid off, bro. I do believe. I will believe. Well, that sounds all good and great, but how are you going to do that? by standing on his strength and his faithfulness and my personal history with him, knowing who I was dead in my trespass and sin and seeing who I am today alive in Christ. Holding on to that, all of that, remembering the truth, his word is truth by counting the cost and siding with God. I will believe even when it's uncomfortable and it's problematic. I'm going to intro points two and three and we're going to wrap up. Point two, one, do I want Christ? Will I want Christ? This is all I'm going to say about it today. Do you want Christ at the center of your life? Will you want Christ at the center of your life when it becomes problematic? Now, I want you to think about this question. Do you want Christ at the center of your life? Or do you want to have a life that you can say Christ is at the center of because you attend church? When your life looks different than you expect. Is the importance, the centrality of Christ in your life or my life, God bless it? Ask yourself these questions. Do I want Jesus, not the healing, the blessing, the abundance? Do I want him? Will I want him when it's problematic? Do I follow Jesus? Will I follow Jesus? Jesus passed through the crowd, a pretty incredible, incredible thing, and, and it doesn't say anybody there followed him. Some would follow Jesus throughout his earthly ministry, and many turned away. Do I follow Jesus faithfully, consistently, through my sins? Do I repent, get up, and continue to follow him? Will I continue to follow him when it's problematic? When they say, you can't buy or do anything here if you're going to proclaim that. Are you going to walk out the door, or are you going to compromise? If they tell you, you side with this social movement, or clearly you're not like Christ, Do you have the biblical knowledge and the constitution to stand there and say, that's not the Christ of the Bible that you proclaim. I do side with Christ and I will follow him. I have no confidence in my own ability to believe, to want, or to follow. But I know that he began a good work in me and he is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I do know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning I can abase or abound. I can have plenty or little. I can have an awesome day or a horrible day. And at the end of it all, I know whose hand I'm under. I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. I know that he did not bring me here to abandon me. I know that he is my strong tower and I'm gonna continue to run into him. I know that better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. There's nothing else that offers anything of value in this world, side with God. Believe Jesus, want Jesus, follow Jesus. Yes, I do believe, yes, I will. Yes, I do want him, yes, I will. Yes, I do follow him, yes, I will. This song, I'm going to have Josh play real quick. And uh, after that, Pastor John will come up and close us in prayer. This song has been the other thing that's on my mind when I run into these moments with the do I, will I questions. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Believe Jesus, O my soul. Want Jesus, O my soul. Follow Jesus, O my soul. Worship his holy name. If you would play that song, Josh. If this is your heart's cry, if you would just join and worship this morning. God bless you. Bless the
6: So strength is faith, the end draws near, and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise, unending, ten thousand
2: years.
8: give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Uh, If I could do cliff notes of this sermon right now, it would be God knows you. God loves you and know that. That would be my cliff notes because what happens is that sometimes the devil throws so many things into our lives that it causes our eyesight to stray from the source, the meaning, and the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful sermon. Thank you for this time where we get to grow in you. Lord God, thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord God, to take the time to minister, but even before speaking, Lord God, we, we just love you and thank you for it. Lord God, right now, I ask you to bless each and every one of us as we make our way out into the world. Let us be the light that you've called us to be. Give us gifts, give us talent, give us strength, and let us be what you've called us to be. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Amen.